We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 221 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, January 4th, 2021, and I hope you survived the snow. Uh, Now, we knew that snow was coming on Monday. We did not know uh, that the snow would end up being what it was. Now, I never watch these weather people on television, so I have no idea who predicted what. All I know is that I heard that we weren't going to be getting all that much, and we ended up getting uh, a pretty good amount, uh, at least where I live in Montgomery County, Maryland. No school on Monday. No school uh, on this Tuesday. Did the local weather people blow it? Okay. Did they just get it wrong uh, with this snowstorm? Did the local weather people actually undersell the snowstorm. You tell me, usually the local weather people, right, oversell the snow, just like we every year oversell the Washington football team. And speaking of the Washington football team, boy, do we have a lot to talk about of a very interesting day after the game Zoom press conference for Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. It was on Sunday afternoon that we had Washington falling to 6-10 and and being officially eliminated from playoff contention via the 2016 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field. It was on Monday afternoon that Ron just let stuff out there, and uh, it was good. It was compelling. Uh, We are here to discuss all of it. Hello and welcome to another installment of the Al Galdi podcast, the only Washington, D.C. sports podcast that is with you with a new episode every weekday, Monday through Friday, out in the 5 a.m. hour. Spread the word. Let people know you are not beholden to local sports talk radio. This podcast has come to save the day. But yeah, Ron Rivera on Monday said a lot that we need to talk about. Ron stunningly ramped up the pressure on himself and on his team. Quote, it's time, I think, that we see this team start to take that big step forward, end quote. How about that? Why did Ron say that? And is Ron right in saying that? Uh, He also made it even more clear that Washington will be going all out this coming offseason for a franchise quarterback. Also, Rod on Monday very obviously called out Chase Young to show up at OTAs 
this coming offseason. Don Ron was not messing around on Monday. Ron said, enough of this. Chase, you need to show up at OTAs this coming offseason. So I'll be getting into that. Uh, Ron also addressed this Sunday afternoon's season finale for Washington at the New York Giants, including whether Washington should play to win. Uh, and also who will start at quarterback for Washington. And yeah, there's an and. And Ron talked Jamin Davis of him not playing all that much. And David Mayo playing a whole lot more in Sunday's loss to the Eagles. So if you are a Washington football team fan, and I know that so many of you are, uh, this is an episode of the podcast that you definitely don't want to miss. Ron on Monday gave us a lot to chew on. Also on the show, I'll discuss a shootout win for the Wizards on Monday night, a 124-121 win over the Charlotte Hornets at Capital One Arena as the rise of Kyle Kuzma, aka Clutch Kuz, continued. Uh, Bradley Beal was really good as well. And I'll give you my thoughts on Maryland falling to 0-2 in the Big Ten with an 80-75 loss at Iowa on Monday night. Iowa has the leading score in the country in Keegan Murray. And uh, Keegan Murray, shall we say, had his way against the Terrapins on Monday night. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Clifton Sheets on the Washington football team, writes Clifton. Washington has a horrible record with first-round quarterback draft picks. Does anyone remember Heath Schuler? I would hate to see Washington sacrifice the draft capital that the team gave up for RG3. Why not look to the CFL? Perhaps there is another Joe Theismann out there. Also, please give an assessment of the college quarterbacks who might be on the WFT draft board and what you think that it will take to get them. Unanxiously awaiting the new WFT name announcement, predicting 40% of fans will hate it. Maybe the team will post the announcement on a few porta-potties outside the stadium. Good photo op. Uh, thank you for the email, Clifton. Uh, that would make a terrific photo op, or so I hear. Uh, so you're right. Washington does have a really bad history when it comes to taking quarterbacks in the first rounds of NFL drafts. But that history, to me, should play zero role in whether Washington takes a quarterback in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft. The likes of Heath Schuler, Jason Campbell, RG3, and Dwayne Haskins should have nothing to do with whatever Washington does do. Uh, with the team's first round pick in the 2022 draft. What matters is how accurately Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney, and the rest of the crew evaluate this quarterback class, which is a tricky class to evaluate. Uh, as far as which quarterbacks might be on the draft board when Washington picks in the first round, well, we need to see where Washington ends up picking in the first round. Uh, right now, Washington would have the number nine pick in the 2022 draft. It's hard to see no quarterbacks being taken from picks one through eight, but this is not believed to be a great quarterback class, so I wouldn't entirely dismiss the notion of Washington having its pick of the quarterbacks, or at the very least, not having to trade up all that much to get the quarterback who Washington wants. In terms of who should be the quarterback who Washington wants, well, the guy who I like the most is Kenny Pickett, at a pit, but we have a ways to go in the draft process. So I reserve the right to change that. Uh, the other big thing is injury. You know, something like what happened with the old Miss quarterback, Matt Corral. So Matt Corral in the first quarter of the Sugar Bowl against Baylor was carted off the field. Now, the belief is that he only suffered a sprained ankle, but is that true? Like, is the real injury perhaps being downplayed? 
So there's a lot that needs to be sorted through. But the top five quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL Draft right now are Kenny Pickett out of Pitt, Matt Corral out of Ole Miss, Malik Willis out of Liberty, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, and Sam Howell out of North Carolina. And that top five could change. Um, So many things could change over the next few months. We are going to be talking a lot about those guys on this podcast in the coming months, barring the unforeseen. Uh, I got feedback on the collapsed railing at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. As you likely know by now, a railing on the side of the tunnel leading to the visiting team's locker room at FedEx Field collapsed after the loss to the Eagles on Sunday, causing some fans to fall and hit the floor of the entranceway into the tunnel as Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts was walking toward the tunnel. None of the fans appeared to be hurt or need treatment at the scene. Email from Rich, FedEx is falling apart. Email from Gerald, a metaphor for our franchise. Uh, Yeah, that collapsed railing really is something else. I mean, FedEx Field is such a piece of trash. Uh, Are you aware now of all of the problems that FedEx Field has had this season? It was during Washington's first game at FedEx Field in the 2021 regular season, the 2016 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers in week one, that a pipe connected to rainwater storage broke and drenched a small section of fans. It was during Washington's 33-22 loss to the New Orleans Saints at FedEx Field in Week 5 that the smoke machine on the field for Washington player introductions went crazy, causing the field to be filled with smoke. It was during Washington's 17-15 win over the Seattle Seahawks at FedEx Field on Monday Night Football in Week 12 that the sprinklers went off in one of the executive suites at FedEx Field. The fans in the suite had to be moved to another suite to watch the rest of the game. Now we have this collapsed railing. And I know what the team is saying. You know, the team is saying that the area in which the railing collapsed is FedEx Field's ADA Accessible Section. ADA stands for Americans with Disabilities Act. The section proved the team is designed to hold up to six wheelchairs and six companions, but it's not built to carry a large load of fans. And all of that may well be true. Like, I don't think that the team is necessarily lying about this, but why is the area built so flimsily to where if a large load of fans does congregate on the area, the railing collapses? I mean, would it be so terrible if you made the area able of withholding a large load of fans? Would that be the end of the world? You know, a photo runner for the Associated Press who was underneath the railing was injured in the collapse. Uh, How injured? I'm not sure, but could you imagine if one or more of those fans had gotten seriously injured. Could you imagine if Jalen Hurts had gotten seriously injured? What kind of a lawsuit or how many lawsuits would Dan Snyder have been facing? How much trouble might Danny have been in if one or more of those fans and or Jalen Hurts had gotten seriously injured? Well, I know exactly who those fans or Jalen Hurts should call if serious injury had occurred. Paulson and Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace handles, yes, complex personal injury, medical negligence, and wrongful death cases. The services of Paulson and Nace are available in D.C. 
and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace is a family law firm. Now, the Naces are big Washington football team fans, so I'm not sure if the Naces would want to represent Eagles fans or represent Jalen Hurts, but if doing so meant ousting the Danny, uh, then maybe. But understand, Paulson and Nace has decades of experience trying cases to jury verdicts and fighting for those injured through no fault of their own. Chris Nace is a past president of the D.C. Trial Lawyers. Matt Nace is a member of the board of the D.C. Trial Lawyers. Paulson and Nace has a skilled team of personal injury, birth injury, and medical malpractice trial attorneys that puts your best interests first. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. It's very simple. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel as if you've been wronged, if you have a complex personal injury, medical negligence, or wrongful death case, or you think that you may have one but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Yeah, you're obligated to nothing. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. When you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you and see what Paulson and Nace can do for you. Schedule a no-obligation appointment by calling 202-902-7611. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let their family take care of yours. All right, so we on Monday afternoon had Ron Rivera's day after the game Zoom press conference of the Washington football team falling to 6-10 and 10 and being officially eliminated from playoff contention with the 2016 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. As I have said this season, these Ron Rivera day after the game press conferences have themes. And the theme of Ron's day after the game press conference on Monday was him saying multiple notable things. Uh, And over the course of the next few segments, I'm going to take you through those things and give you my thoughts on those things. Uh, Let us begin with the most notable thing that Ron Rivera said on Monday afternoon. So this Sunday afternoon's regular season finale for Washington at the New York Giants at one uh, will conclude Ron's second season as Washington head coach. He went 7-9 and in the 2020 regular season, during which, yes, Washington did win the NFC East. Uh, Ron is 6-10 and this regular season. So Ron over 32 regular season games as Washington head coach is 13-19. and For comparison's sake, Jay Gruden over his first 32 regular season games as Washington head coach was, wait for it, 13-19. and And that's not to say that Ron is Jay, but that is to say that Ron is not off to the greatest of starts. Interestingly, remember, Jay showed great improvement in his second season as Washington head coach. Washington in Jay's first season, 2014, went just 4-12. Washington in Jay's second season, 2015, went 9-7 and won the NFC East, thanks in large part to he who shall not be named uh, being the starting quarterback. Anyway, Ron Rivera on Monday was asked two years into his tenure as Washington football team head coach, what has been the biggest challenge in rebuilding the Washington football team? <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that, that we looked at, you know, and and, and, it's, and it, honestly, it just hasn't been what's what's been on the field, but what has been off the field. And, and, and that's, that's, that's tough sometimes too. But, you know, I, I think really... Um, has had a lot to do with uh, just finding players to, that fit, 
you know, how we wanted to do things, the things that we want to do. Um, and, and I think that's one of the things that, that we've got to continue to look at, just how well do these guys fit. Um, and then staying healthy. I mean, you, you look at some of the things that we've gone through in terms of player health. Uh, that's been a hard part of it, uh, especially this year, you know, more so than any, you know, having guys like, you know, JD go down uh, and, and Logan go down, and Chase, uh, really, I mean, you know, and then Chase Young. I mean, th- these are guys that, that you're hoping to, to, to have the next few years as well on your team. But when they get hurt, it, it's kind of tough to, to continue to evaluate everything. Yes, it is. Uh, there's no overstating how much, especially Washington's offense this season, has been ravaged by injury. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, J.D. McKissick, Samuel Cosme, Chase Rulier, Brandon Sheriff. So many key Washington offensive players have missed so much time this season. By the way, I mentioned Samuel Cosme. Washington on Monday afternoon activated both Samuel Cosme and Daryl Roberts off the reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, Neither guy was able to play in Sunday afternoon's loss to the Eagles at FedEx Field due to being on the reserve COVID-19 list. Anyway, Ron Rivera on Monday then got asked this. Regarding Washington's many injuries this season, what, if anything, can Washington do to prevent being so injured moving forward? And pay close attention to this answer because there's a lot there. Here we go. The biggest thing with, with, with injured players is, you know, for the most part, most of them, you know, those are things that you just can't control. And that's the hard part, obviously, is that you can't control certain injuries. Um, the thing that you, you hope for is, is, is as we get these guys back, and one thing that we have to understand is just how important the offseason is for us. You know, um, hopefully the, the, the COVID situation will be in control. Hopefully we won't, you know, it won't be a, a, a battle to get guys to be here, um, you know, when we're working together so we can develop this, this, this cohesion that you need to go forward. Um, there's a lot of things that, that, that come about when you, when you do get together. And, you know, during that five-week period, it's, it's – um, um, I see five week period uh, during that, uh, you know, that, that those nine weeks that, that you have as far as OTAs and minicamp are concerned, those are valuable. I mean, those are opportunities to, to, to build. It, it's, it's an opportunity to introduce certain elements of what you want to do. It's a chance for us to evaluate going into camp. Um, and then and then once you get to camp, it's an opportunity to sit there and see if, you know, things that happen during OTAs and minicamp. Are, are things that we can rely on as we as we build and go forward. I mean, that's the thing, and that's going to be the truth of the matter, is that this offseason is going to be very important, very vital to, to what I think is, you know, is part of the plan. I mean, it's, you know, um, it, it, it's it's time, I think, that, that we, we see, a, a, you know, we, we see this team start to take that big step forward. All right. So a lot to digest from that answer. I will begin with the most important item from that answer, and the most important item came late in the answer. How about what Ron said toward the end of the answer? Here you go. This offseason is going to be very important, very vital to, to what I think is, you know, is part of the plan. I mean, it's, you know, um, it, it, it's it's time, I think, that, that we, we see a, a you know, we, we see this team start to take that big step forward. 
Yeah, how about that? Ron Rivera, quote, this offseason's going to be very important, very vital to what I think is part of the plan. It's time, I think, that we see this team start to take that big step forward. End quote. Ron Rivera, Don Ron, putting it out there. It's time, I think, that we see this team start to take that big step forward. You know, Ron didn't have to say that. Uh, Ron was not asked about that. Ron volunteered that. It's time, I think, that we see this team start to take that big step forward. Ron said that unsolicited. That is Ron Rivera putting pressure on himself, putting pressure on his front office, putting pressure on his coaching staff, putting pressure on his players. That, to me, is Ron Rivera putting out there a means of giving hope to us as Washington football team fans. You know, hope right now among the Washington football team fan base is down, way down. Uh, There was a lot of optimism with the Washington football team in the 2021 offseason. There will not be much optimism with this Washington football team, at least going into the 2022 offseason. Now, by the time that we exit the 2022 Washington football team offseason, perhaps there will be quite a bit of optimism. We shall see. But I think Ron felt the need to give us fans uh, something to chew on here. Ron on Monday threw us a bone, dangled a carrot, said something that you don't often hear heads of football operations and head coaches say, it's time, I think, that we see this team start to take that big step forward. You know, that's something that an owner will say to put pressure on a head of football operations or on a head coach. That's not usually something that a head of football operations or a head coach will say. Ron Rivera on Monday got asked if what he said, that it's time for Washington to start taking a big step forward, is a fair expectation for people to have. Yeah, I'd like to believe so. Um, you know, it, it, to me, there's a lot of things that, that we've been working on, a lot of things that we feel good about. Um, you know, there are some things that were out of our control this year that really hampered us. But, you know, at the end of the day, though, you, you if you map things out, you plan things out, and, and, and this is really what we believe, I don't see why not. You know, and again, I know expectations will be high. I, I know people will say, what's well, your third season? You know, this is what happens in the third season. I mean, and, and, and again, I get it. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we have some holes that we want to fill. We have some players we want to, you know, make sure these are the right kind of guys that are going to be out on the football field. But that's all part of the, the, the process that, that I believe in, you know, and, and I know, you know, and believe me, I didn't come here thinking that, you know, it's going to be an easy turnaround. Those first two years are going to be great. We're going to, uh, no, uh, again, uh, I, I I think we outdid the expectations our first year. I thought coming into the second year, and I, I said it to you guys, you know, that, that there are certain things that I was still concerned with. Now, going into the third year, um, I'd like to believe that we've taken some big steps. There are some things that we want to do in, 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 in free agency, some things we want to do in the draft. I think that can help us. And um, we'll see. We'll see where everything falls into place. But I, I just, I just feel good about some of the things that we've done. I know a lot of people, you know, they, they, they may not be able to see it, but that's okay. It, it's this is what I, this is how I feel about. It. All right, some real chutzpah from Ron Rivera on Monday. And look, Ron is right in what he's saying. It is time 
that we see the Washington football team start to take that big step forward. Year three in a new regime is about that time, uh, maybe even past that time to start taking that big step forward. When new NFL regimes work, they tend to work quickly. They tend to pay off dividends quickly. It shouldn't take more than three years to show results. Like I said, you could argue that results should be seen within two years. But that right there from Ron Rivera on Monday is very much a clip and save, as we like to say. That cut is worthy of clicking on file and then clicking on save as. Uh, That cut either will prove to be prophetic or that cut will make Ron look really bad a year from now. This offseason is going to be very important, very vital to, to what I think is, you know, is part of the plan. I mean, it's, you know, um, it, it, it's it's time, I think, that, that we, we see, a, a, you know, we, we see this team start to take that big step forward. Yeah, there you go. Uh, also, with what Ron Rivera said is the first part, quote, this offseason is going to be very important, very vital to what I think is part of the plan, end quote. Uh, that, to me, is a flashing neon sign that the Washington football team will be going all in this offseason on trying to get a franchise quarterback. Uh, that, to me, was Ron again speaking to us disgruntled fans and saying, I got you. I hear you. I'm with you. This offseason is going to be very important, very vital to what I think is part of the plan. Wink, wink. Translation, we're going to engineer an all-out search for a franchise quarterback. Now, you heard Ron use the word plan. What exactly is the plan? What exactly constitutes the plan? More from Ron on Monday. Well, I think the biggest thing is in terms of getting your young guys opportunities to grow and develop and you'd like to think by the third year your first two groups of guys are ready to be on the field all the time okay and that's kind of what you hope to you know i also hope to be able to couple them with a few guys uh, that were here before you and then a few guys that you brought to add on yes uh we call that roster construction and roster construction is so important uh ron then got asked this is he more optimistic or disappointed given where Washington is at two years into his tenure as head coach. I'm optimistic. You know, I mean, this is what I went through my first two seasons in Carolina. There are some things that have mirrored them. There are some things that have been new and and have been um, very challenging. But at the end of the day, you know, with where I think the players are in terms of their growth and development, it gives me a reason to be optimistic. You know, believe me, I'm going to look at it that way. I mean, I'm not going to come into it thinking, well, we ain't got a chance next year. I'm going to look at this. We got an opportunity. We really do. And I believe that. You can ask me all you want, but I'm going to tell you, I believe we have an opportunity. So we're going to continue to approach it that way. Yeah. And of course, what else is Ron going to do, right? Take the approach of, yeah, you know what? We're screwed. Okay. Ain't nobody ever winning with this team with Dan Snyder as its owner. Like, no, Ron is going to keep grinding and hopefully get to where we want him to get. But Ron understands that he needs to start showing results. And next season, the 2022 season, year three of the Ron Rivera era for the Washington football team is the time to start showing tangible results. And making showing tangible results so much more plausible 
would be Washington getting itself a franchise quarterback. Of course, uh, Washington getting itself a franchise quarterback is so much easier said than done. Well, it's not easy growing a business. If you own, run, or work at a business that you want to grow, if your brand needs to improve its overall customer experience, if you want to impress clients with the story that your business tells digitally, then put ImageWorks to work for you. ImageWorks is a full-service boutique web design, branding, and marketing company, and ImageWorks right now has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. ImageWorks is located in the DMV, but ImageWorks serves the entire country by utilizing a virtual approach with the latest video meeting software to engage, communicate, and share award-winning designs. So what's the offer? Well, ImageWorks doesn't want to sell you. It wants to show you what it can do. And that starts with a free review of your website and SEO visibility to establish a base of where you are and map a chart of where you want to be. ImageWorks and you will plan with digital web and marketing goals that you can see live via ImageWorks customers portal. The portal shows you how all goals are performing in Google Analytics and how all marketing programs and website visitors are behaving. ImageWorks is more than a branding and marketing firm. ImageWorks is your collaborative partner, your one-stop shop for business growth. So here's what you do. Go to imageworkscreative.com and click on contact near the upper right corner. That's image, one word, works, plural, creative.com. ImageWorksCreative.com. Dot com And make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast for the free offer. You can also call or text the owner of ImageWorks, Scott, at 703-928-7309. That's 703-928-7309. Scott is a big fan of all DMV teams. He's a regular listener of the Al Galdi podcast, and he loves brainstorming ideas and technology that can help you grow your business. He has been doing this since 1996. ImageWorks, creative minds focused on one goal, your business success. Okay, so last segment, we got into the most significant thing that Ron Rivera said on Monday afternoon during his day after the game Zoom press conference off the Washington football team falling to 6-10 and and being officially eliminated from playoff contention with the 2016 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. But within the same answer that gave us Ron saying, quote, this offseason is going to be very important, very vital to what I think is part of the plan. It's time, I think, that we see this team start to take that big step forward, end quote. Also was Ron, I believe, sending a message to Chase Young. Here was an earlier portion of what Ron said, and what Ron said was a lengthy answer in response to what, if anything, Washington can do to prevent having so many injuries moving forward. And one thing that we have to understand is just how important the offseason is for us. You know, um, hopefully the, the, the COVID situation will be in control. Hopefully we won't, you know, it won't be a, a, a battle to get guys to be here. Um, you know, when we're working together so we can develop this, this, this cohesion that you need to go forward. All right. So to me, what we had right there from Ron Rivera was him very clearly sending a message to Chase Young. Quote, one thing that we have to understand is just how important the offseason is for us. Hopefully the COVID situation 
will be in control. Hopefully, it won't be a battle to get guys to be here, end quote. Now, Ron quickly pivoted to talking about the COVID-19 situation, but when he says, quote, one thing that we have to understand is just how important the offseason is for us, end quote, that to me is Ron speaking to Chase Young. Remember, Washington last offseason had excellent attendance at offseason workouts. So there aren't many others who Ron could be speaking to other than Chase Young. Uh, You know, maybe Montez Sweat as well, but Chase Young ended up not attending any of Washington's OTA practices in the 2021 offseason. Montez Sweat at least attended the second and final week of Washington's 2021 OTA practices. Now, Chase Young did attend the mandatory minicamp from June 8th through the 10th. Chase, in a post-minicamp practice Zoom press conference on June 8th, said that he had been in attendance for various parts of phases one and two of Washington's off-season program, but had skipped phase three, which featured the OTA practices, as he had had, quote, five different shoots for five different things, end quote, including shoots for Under Armour and eBay and doing Family Feud. Chase also said that he had had, quote, a lot going on, end quote. Uh, Chase did add that he had been in communication with Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. And then Chase, in a post-practice press conference on November 11th, said, quote, I was making money, baby. Gotta make that money. Uh, None of y'all would have ducked the money. At the end of the day, it's a job. You feel me? Just like y'all do your job, I do my job, end quote. Ron Rivera wants Chase Young in attendance at every OTA session this offseason, even if Chase can't do everything being done at every OTA session, because Chase Wright is coming off a torn right ACL, uh, one that he suffered in the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field in Week 10. I did not pitch a fit when Chase Young did not show up to OTA practices this past offseason. I did, though, say that I would have preferred for Chase Young to have attended the OTA practices. And I also said that, you know, it really isn't that big of an ask for NFL players to attend these OTA practices. NFL players get a lot of time off. It's not like these OTA practices are happening throughout the offseason. I mean, was it really that big of a sacrifice for Chase Young to have attended these OTA practices, which only went over the course of two weeks this past offseason. Uh, Chase Young got a benefit of the doubt last offseason because he had such a good rookie season and because Washington's defense had been so good during the 2020 regular season. Well, to me, that benefit of the doubt now is bye-bye, okay? Uh, the benefit of the doubt is bye-bye thanks to Chase having had a very underwhelming second NFL season, certainly by his standards, and thanks to Washington's defense having had a very disappointing 2021 season. Ron Rivera wants Chase Young this offseason to attend the ahem, voluntary uh, OTA sessions, especially, I would think, the OTA practices. You know, if Chase misses a lift or two, probably not the end of the world. I think Ron is more so focused on the OTA practices. Uh, Ron, at his press conference on Monday afternoon, got asked if there is a plan for Chase Young for offseason work, given that he is coming off the torn right ACL. Oh, yeah, most certainly. And, and, and that's one of the things that we want to get across. I mean, again, it's, it, it's, 
you know, there'll be certain things that he will, but he will be able to do. We'd love to have him do it. Again, I get it's a voluntary situation. Um, but to me, you know, th this is one of these things and, 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 and in our situation where we are in, in terms of our, you know, our rebuild, um, it's, it's, it's one of those things that this is, this is when you're looking for, I think, uh, everything being put together. And, and that's kind of the way I'm going to approach it. Yeah, I don't care what anyone says. Ron Rivera on Monday was speaking to Chase Young and making it clear that Ron wants Chase at OTAs this coming offseason. And Chase should want to be at all of the OTA sessions this coming offseason. He had a down second NFL season again by his standards. His defense has had a very disappointing season. He's coming off a serious injury. I mean, make it so that your five different shoots for five different things happen outside of the window of OTAs and get to work with your teammates. Make it so that you can make that money, baby, outside of the window of OTAs and get to work with your teammates. It's going to be very interesting to see how Chase Young handles this coming offseason. Uh, we know what Ron Rivera wants. Up next, more from Ron from his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon, including Ron on who will start at quarterback for Washington in this Sunday afternoon's regular season finale at the New York Giants at one, and Ron on whether Washington is better off losing the game. We'll get to all of that and more after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 
We continue with the Washington football team conversation right now off Rod Rivera's day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon. So Washington now is 6-10 and thanks to the 2016 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. Washington has been officially eliminated from playoff contention, but Washington has one regular season game left. It is a game at the 4-12 New York Giants this Sunday afternoon at one. The Giants are terrible. Uh, They, this past Sunday afternoon, lost at the Chicago Bears 29-3. Daniel Jones is done for the season due to a neck injury. The Giants starting quarterback was Mike Glennon, who's actually a local. He went to Westfield High School in Fairfax County, Virginia. And Glennon in this loss at the Bears went 4 of 11 for 24 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. And he was sacked four times, and he had four fumbles, including two lost fumbles. The Giants finished the game with minus 10 net yards passing. Yes, minus 10 net yards passing for the G-Men for the game. Uh, So as a Washington fan, what do you want to happen on Sunday at the Giants? Uh, I want Washington to lose because winning does Washington no real good and only hurts Washington's position in the 2022 NFL draft, a draft in which Washington may well be looking to land a franchise quarterback. Now, I'm not advocating that Washington tell its players to actively throw the game, okay? I'm not trying to have a Black Sox scandal thing here. Uh, I'm not even necessarily advocating for Ron Rivera to coach to lose the game, although there are some things that he could do, like play lesser players. I'm just telling you what I want. I want Washington to lose the game. It is in the best long-term interest for Washington to lose this game. Ron Rivera on Monday was asked what he would say to those Washington fans like me who say that Washington would be better off losing this game at the Giants this Sunday. Here was Ron's answer. Well, we're going to play to win. I mean, that, that's, you know, to me, that's nature. That's human nature. You should always play to win. And that's going to be the approach. You know, whoever you put out on the football field, um, you put them out there to win. And that's, that's, going to be, that's going to be the whole attitude, the whole mentality as we prepare this week. Okay, and of course, that's what the head coach of an NFL team should say and needs to say. But here was Ron Rivera on Monday on the approach for Washington's coaching staff to this Sunday season finale at the Giants. Take a listen to this. And and I think that's one of the things that we talked about today as a coaching staff was, hey, guys, you know, we want to try and go out and set a tone early on and, and, and see what happens. Um, but at some point, just understand we'd like to see some guys. And, and if there's guys that you want to see specifically, you know, make sure we plan that out, we map it out, and we go out and do it. I mean, you, you want to go out and win. You really do, and you want to play to win. But you also want to play to f- for, for the future. So we, we're going to set ourselves up, you know, see what happens, and try and set some sort of tone and tempo early on, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so I don't know about you, but that to me does not sound like a head coach who is uh, unaware of the reality that Washington is better off losing this Sunday. That right there to me was a head coach saying, yeah, we're not going to throw the game, but we are going to coach this game a little differently than we would otherwise coach this game. We are going to coach this game with an eye toward the future in terms of who we play. As someone who wants Washington to lose this Sunday, I liked what I heard from Ron Rivera 
on Monday. What's funny, though, is this. Washington, because of all of its injuries this season, because of the team's COVID-19 outbreak this season, already has played a bunch of guys. Like, who is left on the Washington football team who hasn't played at least a little bit this season? It feels like everyone on the team has played, and guys who were never supposed to be on the team have played because of Washington's injuries and its COVID-19 outbreak. More from Ron on Monday. We have played a lot of guys, and, and, and there's a lot of guys that have really caught our interest that, that we've said, wow, you know what, potentially going forward, look at what we've seen here, you know, and that's, that's a cool thing to, to be able to sit there and, and, and point some guys out um, and say, this guy has shown us something. We need to take a deeper dive into who he is. Um, and so this game, uh, there's going to be a point where there will be some guys out there that we're, we want to really watch, um, and, and, and we're pretty excited about them. All right, as for quarterback, off so much talk last week of Kyle Allen potentially playing over Taylor Heineke over Washington's final two regular season games, Kyle did not play in the loss to the Eagles at FedEx Field this past Sunday. Taylor played for the entire game. Overall, played pretty well. I mean, he wasn't great. Washington scored just 16 points, and he certainly had problems in the second half, but Taylor Heineke in the first half went 14 of 17 for 170 yards. That works out to 10 yards per pass attempt. And Taylor Heineke quarterbacked a Washington offense that for the game went 9 of 15 on third downs. Uh, Ron Rivera on Monday on the plan for Washington at quarterback for this Sunday season finale at the Giants. And this is a brief answer from Don Ron, uh, but this is a telling answer. Here you go. We'll start off with Taylor and then we'll go from there. All right, quote, we'll start off with Taylor, and then we'll go from there, end quote. So I think, again, the situation is, if Taylor Heineke plays well, Taylor Heineke is staying in the game. And if Taylor Heineke struggles, then, well, Kyle Allen will be coming into the game. Uh, Ron right there, short and sweet, but I thought direct and clear. Uh, Ron later in his press conference was asked, what would be the reason for playing Kyle Allen this Sunday? Well, you just want to see him get out there and play with some consistency and some rhythm more than anything else. You know, um, we got a nice little glimpse of it uh, when he came into the Dallas game um, and got a chance to see that. So, you know, and again, to, to me, he's a guy that you know who he is. He's very steady. He's a game manager. And, um, you know, when, when he gets his opportunities, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yes, we will. If Kyle Allen gets his opportunities. I tell you, it has become undeniable. Uh, Ron Rivera this season just has not been very interested in playing Kyle Allen. Ron, at some point over the last 12 months, for whatever reason, soured on Kyle Allen. Ron last season was quite high on Kyle Allen. Ron in the year 2021 soured on Kyle Allen. And look, it really doesn't matter who plays a quarterback for Washington this Sunday. The game is meaningless. And to me, if you're evaluating for next season, it might actually make the most sense to start Garrett Gilbert this Sunday. Yeah, remember him? Garrett Gilbert, he's still on the team. Uh, He's still on the active roster. He's been inactive for each of Washington's last two games. Garrett Gilbert, of course, was Washington's starting quarterback in the 27-17 loss at the Eagles in Week 15. Did pretty well considering that Washington had signed him just four days earlier off the New England Patriots practice squad as a corresponding roster move to placing Taylor Heineke on the reserve COVID-19 list. But like, if you really want to be honest about things and you're really trying to evaluate for the future and you are really trying to, you know, lose the game 
why not start Garrett Gilbert on Sunday and say, hey, we want to evaluate old Double G, and if he happens to struggle and we happen to lose, well, golly gee, those are the breaks. All right, there's one more thing from Ron Rivera's uh, very notable day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon that I want to get to with you. So I mentioned on Monday's show, episode 220, that in the Washington football team's 2016 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon, it sure looked like David Mayo played a lot more than Jamin Davis played. Uh, The snap counts for the game, however, had not come out as of the taping of Monday's show late night on Sunday night. Well, the snap counts came out, and sure enough, David Mayo on Sunday played a lot more than Jamin Davis played. In terms of Washington linebackers in the game, Cole Holcomb played on 100% of Washington's defensive snaps in his return from a one-game absence off having been on the reserve COVID-19 list from December 22nd to December 27th, Jamin Davis played on just 21% of Washington's defensive snaps. David Mayo played on 66% of Washington's defensive snaps. Jamin Davis played on a total of just 13 of Washington's defensive snaps. David Mayo played on a total of 40 of Washington's defensive snaps. David Mayo's total defensive snaps were more than triple that of Jamin Davis. 40 versus 13. Jamin Davis was taken by Washington with the number 19 pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. David Mayo is a journeyman who is a special teams ace. And I mean no disrespect toward David Mayo, okay? I'm not trying to rip the guy, but on no planet... Should David Mayo's total of defensive snaps in a game, especially in what is game 16 of Washington's 17-game regular season, be more than triple the total of defensive snaps for a first-round rookie in Jamin Davis unless something is really wrong with Jamin Davis? Keep in mind, too, that Washington right now is depleted at linebacker with John Bostic, Landon Collins, and Khalid Hudson all on the reserve injured list. Jamin Davis has had a very underwhelming rookie season. His overall grade for pro football focus for this season is just 39.8. That is terrible. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Jamin Davis's playing time percentages this season have been all over the place. At times, he has looked all right, but at other times, he has looked lost. He has made very few big plays. I mean, name me the big plays that Jamin Davis has made this season. And remember, Jamin Davis was supposed to be Washington's Mike linebacker. He was supposed to be the quarterback of the defense. Instead, Washington clearly doesn't trust him to play over David Mayo in week 17 of an 18-week regular season. This is Ron Rivera on Monday on what has prevented Jamin Davis from making a bigger impact in his rookie season. I think he's a young guy that's got a lot to learn. I really do. Um, you know, I, I know the style of defense they, they played in college is different from the things that we asked him to do. So there's a lot of learning that was involved in that. Um, I think not having a uh, the consistency 
of a, of, a, of a singular guy like a John Bostic out there all the time, a guy that communicates very well. You know, that's something that I don't, I don't think necessarily was, was one of Cole's strengths coming into this, but I think Cole has developed an awful lot and has really done some really good things. I mean, I thought Cole played a heck of a football game yesterday. I really did. And uh, it was good for him to, to, to work with a guy like a David Mayo who, uh, who really is a, 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 a solid veteran player, smart guy. Um, that really, I think, helped in terms of Cole's performance. I thought that really helped Cole, took a lot of pressure off Cole, and I thought they gave Cole an opportunity to really play fast. Yeah, and Cole Holcomb did play well in the loss to the Eagles at FedEx Field on Sunday. I thought that Holcomb and Kendall Fuller were Washington's two best defensive players in the game. Look, we knew that it might take some time with Jamin Davis. He was only a starter at Kentucky for one season, his 2020 junior season. But Jamin Davis is an athletic freak. He is said to have a great attitude. And Rod Rivera, Martin Mayhew, and Marty Herney all have very good histories in terms of drafting linebackers. That was a big part of why I was fine with Washington drafting Jamin Davis at number 19 overall. Uh, Perhaps a mistake, perhaps a big mistake has been made. Rod Rivera on Monday on whether Jamin Davis's rookie season has changed how Ron views what Jamin can be as an NFL linebacker, i.e. has changed Ron viewing Jamin as a Mike linebacker. I think that's something we got to really look at and, and see if it is better for him not to have the kind of pressures that, that the middle linebacker has on him. Um, and the same thing for Cole, you know, because I, I think when you watch the way Cole played and how fast he got to play, that was really good to see. And then when we brought Jamin in the game, and we used him more in a uh, what we call a quote-unquote dime position or will linebacker position in the sub packages. Uh, you got a chance to see him run around and play fast. So there were some really good things, I think, when you take the pressure off of young guys having to make decisions out on the field and try and control things. And uh, I think it's a little something we learned about both those guys. Uh, interesting to hear that admission from Ron Rivera. He pretty clearly believes that he was wrong in identifying Jamin Davis as a Mike linebacker. Look, it's too early to call Jamin Davis a bust, okay? Like, Jamin Davis's rookie season isn't even officially over yet, all right? And Jamin Davis could kill it next season. I very much hope that Jamin Davis kills it next season. I'm rooting for the guy. But Jamin Davis playing so much less than David Mayo played on Sunday is very disturbing. All right, crazy win for the Wizards on Monday night. The Wizards improved to 19-18 and with a 124-121 win over the Charlotte Hornets at Capital One Arena. The Wiz have had some wild games lately. Heck, things are wild uh, for the Wizards right now as they, like so many other teams in sports, are dealing with a lot of player absences due to COVID-19 protocols. The Wizards for this game on Monday night had nine players in the NBA's Health and safety protocols. Spencer Dinwiddie missed a third consecutive game. Montrez Harrell missed a fourth consecutive game. Howell Neto missed a fifth consecutive game. Aaron Holiday missed a fourth consecutive game. Brad Wanamaker missed a second consecutive game. Anthony Gill did not play due to being in the NBA's health and safety protocols. The Wizards were without Tremont Waters due to him being in the NBA's health and safety protocols. The Wizards just signed Tremont Waters on New Year's Day. He gets brought in because of all of these guys being out, and now he's out. Uh, And yes, 
Uh, if the name Tremont Waters sounds familiar, it should. He was supposed to go to Georgetown, ended up going to LSU, and he hit an all-time shot that doomed Maryland. Number six-seeded Maryland lost to number three-seeded LSU 69-67 in Jacksonville, Florida in the second round, the round of 32 of the 2019 NCAA tournament. The Terrapins in that game overcame a 15-point first half deficit, tied the game on a big three by Jalen Stick-Smith, but then gave up a game-winning driving layup by, yes, Tremont Waters with 1.6 seconds left. I will never forget that shot. Anyway, he's on the Wizards right now, but he's out right now due to the NBA's health and safety protocols. Also remaining in the NBA's health and safety protocols for the Wizards are two guys who have yet to play this season, Rui Hachimura and Thomas Bryant, although Rui supposedly will be playing once he's cleared and good to go. Uh, He hasn't played at all this season due to personal reasons. Bryant hasn't played at all this season due to recovering from a partially torn left ACL that was suffered last January 9th. And so we had this game against the Hornets at Capital Win Arena on Monday night, and this was such a back-and-forth game. The Wizards began the game on a 21-9 run. The Wizards then allowed the Hornets to go on a 73-47 run to where the Wizards in the third quarter trailed by 14 points at 82-68, but the Wizards then went on a 52-31 run for a seven-point lead at 121-13 with 19.2 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and the Wizards ended up winning the game. Uh, The Wizards had a massive edge on free throws. The Wizards went 28-31 on free throws. The Hornets went just 7 of 13 on free throws. So in a game that the Wizards ended up winning by three points at 124-121, the Wizards outscored the Hornets on free throws 28-7. The Wizards were good on threes. The Wiz went 16 of 38 on threes. Wizards held the Hornets to 14 of 38 on threes. Did allow the Hornets to go 28 of 47 in the paint. Wizards got outscored in terms of paint points 56-46. But the Wizards won And they won primarily due to two guys. The first is Kyle Kuzma, Clutch Kuz. Uh, What a game for him on Monday night. Kyle Kuzma went 6 of 11 on three, 7 of 15 on twos. He finished with 36 points, 14 rebounds, and six assists versus five turnovers in 40 minutes, 49 seconds as a starter. Kyle Kuzma on Monday night joined Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook as the only players in Wizards slash Bullets history to have a game in which the player had at least 30 points, at least 10 rebounds, at least five assists, and at least five made threes. This was quite the night for Kyle Kuzma, and he was clutch. He was clutch Kuz. Uh, Kyle Kuzma in a fourth quarter that the Wizards won 40-31, went four of five on threes, and had 14 points, three rebounds, and two assists versus one turnover and playing for all 12 minutes. Kuzma is on some kind of run right now. He and the Wizards last game, the 120-119 loss to the Chicago Bulls at Capital Win Arena on Saturday night, connected on a go-ahead contested 29-foot right wing three for a 119-117 Wizards lead with 3.3 seconds left in the fourth quarter. If not for DeMar DeRozan hitting the game-winning three at the buzzer, Kuzma would have been the hero of that game. And Kuzma in the fourth quarter of that game, 13 points and four rebounds. He finished the game two of five on threes, 10 of 13 on twos, and with 29 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, 
versus three turnovers and two steals. Uh, this is Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his postgame press conference on Monday night on Kyle Kuzma. His level of aggression has been terrific. Um, getting downhill, you know, staying aggressive in, in the open floor when we get stops. Um, you know, and it's been a big part, not just him, but everybody, that we're out uh, once we can get stops, rebound and get out. You know, I think we're, we're a dangerous team. Um, you know, it's, it's tough now to, you know, the teams are playing on their heels. We don't have to slow the tempo or just take advantage of it. And I think our guys have kind of bought into that. We're spacing correctly. We're running wide, running hard. And that just opens up lanes for everybody. You know, we're opening up corner threes or getting downhill. We're getting to the free throw line, which we got to quite a bit tonight. So when we're able to do that, I think it, it helps everyone. Yeah, Wes is right about that. The Wizards' offensive efficiency has shot up in recent games. Here are the Wizards' point totals over the team's last four games working forward. 112, 110, 119, and now 124. Now, the Wizards are just 2-2 two and two during that stretch, so the defense needs to be better. But the Wizards are scoring the ball, as the saying goes in basketball. And the Wiz are scoring the ball in a pretty nice way right now. And Clutch Coos has been a big part of that. Uh, also, really good game for Bradley Beal on Monday night. Beal went 3 of 8 on 3s, 8 of 14 on 2s, and 10 of 11 on free throws. He finished with 35 points, 8 assists versus 4 turnovers and 7 rebounds in 43 minutes, 4 seconds as a starter. Beal has been a lot better lately off having really not been uh, all that good, at least by his standards, to begin the season. I mean, it's all relative, but Bradley Beal had not been at his best for so much of this season. He's been better lately. Uh, some other heroes for the Wizards on Monday night. Daniel Gafford, 15 points on 6-7 shooting, all 2s, 11 rebounds, 3 blocks, and 2 assists versus no turnovers in 35-56 as a starter. The Wizards got back Davies Bertans. Uh, he returned from a two-game absence caused by a non-COVID-19 related illness. Davies in 20 minutes, 38 seconds off the bench, 4-7 on threes, finished with 14 points, 4 rebounds, and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 12. Denny Avdia started for the Wizards on Monday night. Now, if you know Denny, you know he usually does his best work off the bench, not as a starter. And sure enough, Denny in 39-35 as a starter went 1-3 of three on threes, 0-4 of four on two, scored just seven points. But he also had eight assists versus three turnovers, four steals, and four rebounds. Uh, and the Wizards won despite a really bad game for Kentavious Caldwell-Pope offensively. KCP 0 of 5 on threes and just 2 of 6 on twos. So he went just 2 of 11 from the field, scored just 5 points, also had no assists versus 3 turnovers and 30-44 as a starter. But one of the nice things about the Wizards this season is their depth. And it says a lot about that depth that even without all of these players due to them being in the NBA's health and safety protocols, the Wizards on Monday night won despite a key player in Kentavious Caldwell-Pope struggling so much offensively. Next up for the Wizards, a home game against the worst team in the Western Conference, the Houston Rockets, Wednesday night at 7. Now, the Rockets still have our old pal, John Wall, but he still has not played at all this season. Uh, John Wall's career has completely fallen apart, although his financial portfolio has not fallen apart. Uh, John Wall is getting paid $44.3 million this season not to play. Uh, not bad. We should all be so lucky.
Well, if you are a Maryland basketball fan like me, you know that Iowa City has not been kind to the Terrapins in recent years, and that trend unfortunately continued on Monday night. Maryland fell to 8-5 and overall and 0-2 in the Big Ten with an 80-75 loss at Iowa. Now, the Terps did overcome a 12-point first-half deficit and actually led by five points in the second half at 47-42, but the Terps then allowed Iowa to go on a 26-11 run for a 10-point lead at 68-58. Now, Iowa intentionally fouled Eric Ayala with less than 10 seconds left and a three-point lead. Ayala was likely planning to make the first free-throw attempt and then miss the second free-throw attempt in hopes of the Terps getting the offensive rebound and then a bucket. Well, Ayala missed the first free throw attempt. Uh, He tried to intentionally miss the second free throw attempt, but he on that free throw attempt got nothing but backboard. That's a violation because the ball did not hit the rim and the Terps were essentially done. But really, the story of the game was Keegan Murray. The Terps got shredded by Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray is listed as being 6'8". He entered the game number one in Division One in points per game. And Keegan Murray on Monday night in this Iowa victory over Maryland, five of six on threes, nine of 15 on twos. He finished with 35 points, eight rebounds, including four offensive boards and three blocks. The Terps had no answer for Keegan Murray. This was Maryland interim head coach Danny Manning during his post-game press conference. Keegan Murray is a he's a first-round draft pick. He's a lottery pick, and, and that's what one looks like. And we got a chance to see it up close and personally today. No moral victories, but there's some areas where we feel like we get better. We'll give ourselves a chance to win any game that we play in. Yeah, and here was more from Manning later in his post-game press conference on Keegan Murray. As advertised. And that's not a knock. He's he's a great basketball player. He's a terrific basketball player. And, you know, going into any game, you put together your scouting report, things that you have to be okay with giving up to a certain extent because you're not going to take away everything, right? Teams are too talented. Coaches are too good. Players are too skilled. And for Russ, it was if he's shooting threes, let's, let's make sure we can test it. And, you know, he knocked down five of them. Yeah, he, I mean, so he, he did it inside. He did it outside. Got some good blocks, offensive rebounds. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a complete total package. And uh, as a basketball fan, I appreciate what he does out there on the court, just as a fan of, of the game. Um, but, yeah, we didn't, we didn't do enough to, to slow him down, but he's a handful. Yes, he is. Now, the Terps on Monday night did hold all Iowa players not named Keegan Murray to a combined 3 of 14 on threes. Uh, That was good, but uh, that only ended up meaning so much. The Terps went 9 of 25 on threes and 19 of 36 on twos, but the Terps also went just 10 of 17 on free throws. Terps did again get good games from Eric Ayala and Fats Russell offensively. Uh, Eric Ayala, 5 of 9 on threes. You love that. He did go 0 of 2 on twos. Did go just 4 of 7 on free throws, but he finished with 19 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists versus no turnovers. And 
36 minutes, 31 seconds as a starter. Fats Russell, the Rhode Island transfer, the Maryland point guard, two of six on threes, five of nine on twos. He finished with 16 points, four assists versus three turnovers and four rebounds in 37-06 as a starter. Few of the Terps who stood out, the Georgetown transfer, the 6'11 big man, Kudus Wahabi, played for 26-13 as a starter. Five of six from the field, all twos, but just two of five on free throws. Yeah, I mentioned Maryland being bad on free throws on Monday night. Uh, Kudus finished with 12 points, seven rebounds, including four offensive boards and one assist versus three turnovers. Hakeem Hart went just one of four on threes and just two of six on twos, but he did finish with 11 points and eight rebounds in 30-22 as a starter. Dante Scott just one of four on threes, but four of six on twos. He finished with 11 points, but just three rebounds in 36-20 as a starter. Look, Maryland now 0-2 in the Big Ten. It's hard to really get a handle on this Terps team. Just like truthfully, it's hard to really get a handle on most college basketball teams at this time of year. But, you know, the fear with Maryland has been off the stunning resignation of head coach Mark Turgeon. You know, what kind of a season is this going to end up being? And what kind of a job is Danny Manning going to do? I mean, Danny Manning has been put in a really tough spot with this out-of-nowhere resignation of Mark Turgeon. Well, here you have Maryland now 0-2 in the Big Ten. And another road game in the conference is coming up shortly because next up for the Terps at Illinois, Thursday night at 7. All right, that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 222, will feature a special guest talking Washington football team, Scott Abraham. Uh, He is the sports anchor for ABC 7 News in Washington, D.C. If you ever watch these Ron Rivera press conferences, Scott Abraham is the guy who asks the most direct questions. Uh, He does a good job, so we'll talk about the state of things with the Washington football team. Also on Wednesday's show, a post-game games on Tuesday night for Virginia and Virginia Tech basketball. The Cavaliers will play at Clemson Tuesday night at 9. The Hokies will host NC State Tuesday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. This offseason is going to be very important, very vital to, to what I think is, you know, is part of the plan. I mean, it's, you know, um, it, it, it's it's time, I think, that, that we, we see, a, a, you know, we, we see this team start to take that big step forward.